This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is... You in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get reward points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Stuffer Schindler has a chance to write his name in Huddersfield Town legend. Hello listener, it's Brady here, and before we get stuck into the West Brom preview, talking about the return of Carlos Gorbran, and boo if you're uh, Tom Bradshaw, or if you're one of us who are like, oh I wish you were still around, Um, we'll get stuck into that, but before we do, um, we spoke to Beth Stanfield, so Beth Stanfield is one of the players for the Huddersfield Town women's team. Um, the reason we've done so is you may have seen that several Huddersfield Town women players um, spoke out on International Women's Day against the men's club. They said that the bare minimum isn't enough anymore and they've called for the men's team to increase the support of the women's team to ensure the club isn't further left behind their league rivals. This comes after the news that um, Stoke City, who are a team in Huddersfield Town League, have pledged to increase more money. You know, there's more funding in the women's game. Um, so we caught up with Beth earlier to to chat to her to find out what the situation is and, and what we can do as, um, as fans of the of the club to support her. And here's what she had to say. Hi, Beth. Thanks for speaking to us. So we saw your tweet about the men's team inviting you all down to the Bristol City game. However, following their tweet, we saw a few of the players uh, speak out against the men's club and their lack of support and doing the bare minimum. Can you explain to those people who didn't see the tweets what the situation is currently? Hi, yeah, thanks for having me on. Um, yeah, so basically, um, to put it into context, the the club invited us down on Tuesday to the Bristol City game um, and it was the designated um, Her Game 2 fixture. So Her Game 2 is like a fan-led campaign um, and the aim of that is to raise awareness of sexism in football. Um, and it's definitely still needed um, and definitely important, judging by some of the replies I got on Twitter from men um, yesterday but um, essentially I tweeted saying that it felt like a token gesture and that we're a bit frustrated with the lack of support that we're getting from the club compared to other clubs in our league um, so on the same day Derby and Stoke both announced that they were putting more resource into their women's team um, and we at Huddersfield are not seeing anything like that so I think that's what I mean by a token gesture is that it makes out 
that they do give us a lot of support but it's a bit misleading in that sense because we don't and we don't see that so yeah that's what I meant by that and I think seeing Stoke and Derby announce those things just is what made us um, kind of think well now's the time to say something you know. And several of your teammates have also voiced their frustration with the men's club and their lack of support to the women's team. Can we ask what's prompted the response of the team to speak out now? I think it's been building for a while. It's not just something that's happened overnight or as a result of Tuesday or whatever. Um, obviously, this year especially, uh, we've seen more clubs commit more resource to their women's team and that's probably off the back of the Lionesses' success in the summer. Um, so especially I think Nottingham Forest and Burnley were quite were way ahead of it really um, in announcing them more like one club and unifying the clubs and things like that. Um, and then I think on Wednesday on International Women's Day, we saw Derby and Stoke um, announce that they're going to be funding their women's teams more going forward. So I think that was probably what um, made us think the time is now, you know, Um and if you want to see change, you're going to have to do something about it. Um, you're going to have to shout about it, highlight issues, demand change in some cases. I think a good example is, is the Lionesses, where they they wrote that letter to the government um, and they got their result again on International Women's Day where um, they've said they'll um, increase PE hours and they'll allow girls... And boys the same opportunities to access the same sports in peeing school. So that's also pretty inspiring as well. So, um, yeah, I just think why, you know, if not now, then when? Um, and hopefully something good will come of it, whether it's just a few more fans come down to our games after seeing seeing these tweets or whether it's the club see them and, and want to meet and we can set a plan moving forward, whatever it may be. We just felt like we had to say something. And you mentioned that the bare minimum isn't enough anymore. For those who are unaware of the situation, can you tell us what you mean by that? Yeah, so um, Huddersfield Town Women is a club that's basically run by volunteers and the players um, pay annual subs to play football for Huddersfield Town Women. Um, A lot of us are able to get individual sponsors um, that can cover that, but if you can't, then obviously you've got to pay that yourself. Um, We also don't get our training and playing kit for free. So the the women's team pay uh, um, towards that. I'm not sure exactly how much. Um, we get to use the, the training facilities um, for training, um, but we we don't get to play there or Huddersfield don't provide us with like a, a, a home ground as such. We play at a local non-league club, uh, Shelley FC. So... Yeah, that is essentially what we get. So I think a lot of people maybe think that we get paid or um, that we get expenses, but we don't. We actually pay to play for Huddersfield Town Women. So I think for a club of its stature, I don't think that's good enough, to be honest, anymore. Um, Certainly other teams in our league um, don't and are are progressing way past us. Even teams, like I said, below, below us in lower leagues are doing way more than than Huddersfield are for us at the moment. So, yeah, it's just a bit frustrating. I think another thing to mention is that we usually would get to play at the John Smith Stadium um, once a year, but that's not happened this season. I'm not sure why. Um, But, yeah, that's another thing that 
we obviously look forward to and yeah that's not happened this year either so that's a, and again another frustration especially when you see um teams like um Newcastle packing out St James's Park I'm not saying we'll do that but when you look at teams below us who are able to facilitate their women's team better than than we can um obviously it's a bit frustrating it's super inspiring seeing Newcastle do that um and so yeah I think that's why we then look at Huddersfield and go well what are you doing for us what would you like to see from the men's team in regards to the support for the club? People always talk about finances, but we imagine it's more than just money um, that you're talking about here. It's, it's a lot of other things too. Yeah, obviously finance um, is a massive part of it and that would really help. Obviously, um, like I've mentioned, other clubs in our league are able to pay players and we're in a position where we're losing players now because they can go and get paid at other clubs in our league even if they wanted to, they could drop down a league and get paid. So for to be able to continue and kind of get to where we want to be, we are going to struggle if we don't have that financial backing because players are going to go to other clubs where they can get paid, where they can get access to better facilities or um, more training hours, um, things like that. So, yeah, that obviously is a massive part. But I do think there are other things that can be done that don't require a big kind of financial um, input. Um, that can help us like now and in the long run. So things like um, social media, I think is a massive one. Eventually unifying the social media would be great, but even just now sharing our sharing our tweets more, sharing our results, our fixtures, highlights, um, having a page on the website that's got up-to-date information, um, maybe having our Twitter handle in the bio, like all these, I think that's a very easy win for us because uh, I think... Our Twitter profile has maybe like 5,000 followers. What's Huddersfield Town's got? Probably 50,000, maybe more. So just getting that reach and the word out there is, would, would help massively. Um, another thing could be, obviously, we train at the training ground already. Could we access a classroom to do analysis? Like currently, we do it in the porter cabin changing rooms before a session. We all crammed around a TV screen that the managers had to source himself. Um Again, with training, can, can we access the gym? Like, can we do an extra S&C session? Um, can players who are coming back from an injury go in there and do rehab whilst we're out on the pitch? Like, <clears throat> I do think there's things like that that could be done to help improve it. That will help us now and in the future. Um, so, yeah, I, like I said, finance is a, is a massive part of it and obviously that's the main kind of one, but there are other things that can be done. Um Again, another thing, on Tuesday at the game, we had two players on the front of the programme that don't play for us anymore. Like, that's such a small thing that has obviously, for us, made a big impact. We looked at that and went, it feels like they don't really care about us. Um, like, that's such an easy thing to get correct. Um, so, yeah, that was a bit frustrating. Um, and I think it just highlights the lack of a link or the lack of like cohesion between the two teams where we are definitely operating as two separate clubs and it, it really we want it to become more of this one club ethos that a lot of clubs are doing now um but yeah like I said I think there are a lot of things that can be done that are easy wins that don't require a massive financial input um 
that would improve things um, and help us on the way to where we, to get where we want to be. Finally, is there anything as supporters of Huddersfield Town that we can do to help or support the club and the women's players? Yeah, obviously, come and support us if you can. Come down to a home game. They're on Sunday, so they shouldn't clash with any um, men's fixtures. Um, if you're not able to get down to a game, then sharing stuff on social media, telling people about us um, would be great as well. If you're in a position to help us out financially, whether you maybe you work for a local business or you own a local business, maybe have a think about sponsoring a player or sponsoring the club in some way, that would be a massive help um, towards uh, running the club and ensuring the kind of the future of the club as well. But yeah, I think if you can get down to a game and show your support for us, that, that would be amazing. Um, obviously, we are Huddersfield Town, we are one club and it'd be great to get your support on a Sunday um, when we're playing at home and away if you're really keen um, and you enjoy it that would be amazing Do you know what's better than a loss? A draw yes it's got to that point in the season uh, it's the warm up episode 104 it's Brady we're previewing the West Brom game and Francine Gorman joins me this evening no Tom I hear you cry dear listener well he's failed a late fitness test but he assures me he's fit and available for the next one um, he had something to say about that as well and here's what Tom had to say to you all, you lovely listeners, you. I refuse to take part in any podcast involving Carlos Kilbaran. No, but seriously, I'm, unfortunately, I had to I had to end up working late today. So, um, up the town, get behind the lads. Um, let's hope these players actually play for that shirt, play for the badge. Oh, where am I going? Um. Huddersfield Town will go down on the 20 whatever, blah, blah, blah. Uh, there we go. Um, sorry, that ruined that last bit. Maybe cut that bit, Brady. Up the town. There we go. But Francine, anyway, welcome. You are actually here. Welcome back to the warm-up. It's, it's been a while. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm well, thank you. Um, I'm, football-wise, I'm in a less happy mood than the last time I was talking to you. I think we were guessing where we were going to finish in the playoff race last time I was on and it's a slightly different scenario right now so um yeah but I'm well thank you very much good to hear good to hear and um when anyone's not been on for a while I'm guessing it's not going to be positive but um what have you kind of made of everything can you are you like me you're like I just can't believe how much has changed in a short space of time yeah absolutely it's yeah, it's just it. The whole thing's pretty jading, isn't it? Like it's quite difficult to to stay hopeful, and it's quite difficult to stay engaged as well. Um, I think when one it came back, that gave everyone a much needed lift, and you know, there's trickles of that still going on now, despite the fact that we've had a real mixed bag of results so far. But um, yeah, it's just deflating. And now we're getting to that point where we're comparing to where we were last year and, you know, it's just it's just an absolute world apart, isn't it? So especially with, um feels a bit like we're going to be seeing an, an ex-boyfriend at the weekend, going to see, going to West Brom and seeing Carla. Um, yeah, you know, just to, just to think where we could have been had, had he stuck with us, had we stuck with him last season and, and you know, the state that we're in now, it's, yeah, it's just a bit painful. 
It is, and I'm gonna I'm gonna add to your pain further because um, I think this has been really interesting. One of the things I've, I've noticed throughout the season about Carlos, obviously, when he left, it's kind of like we've gone through all the stages. <laughs> we were like, got it that he's left. What's the club doing? Then there was a lot of anger, and there appears to be a lot of acceptance. Um, where do you kind of stand with it all now that you know the dust has settled and we've seen how the season's panned out? Do you blame Carlos for the for the mess or? Did, is it a case of we should have backed him really what he said is true uh yeah i think if if what he said is true then we should have absolutely backed him like it would have saved us so much heartache for one thing but an awful lot of money and a lot of just wasted time that we've had to that we as a club in general have had to spend hunting down new managers sorting out the back room getting everything sorted out but but to bear in mind as well that how many, I mean, how many people have we dealt with this season? So there was a bit of pre-season with Carlos, then we went to Danny, then Foz, and we've had Chicho in the middle, we've got Neil Warnock now. So that's four managers that people have been, had to get used to and had to change their techniques and their training to suit. And, you know, the players, I just feel, have been massively messed about throughout this entire process. And, you know, not to say that they haven't been working with good people. I think loads of them will be really chuffed to be working with Neil Warnock now. Who thought that was going to happen? But we've also got, like, really young players that are very much in development at the minute. And to be chucking and changing and, you know, constantly asking different things of everybody all the time, I think it's, it, it can't be a nice situation. It must have been really stressful for them. Um, but that's nothing to do with your question. Sorry, that's just like what's been on my mind. But with Carlos, I I don't blame him. Like if you know if you're not getting back by your owners, then why would you stay somewhere? And I think the fact that he left so close to the start of the season means that you know it it can't have been on very good terms. No strategic manager in their right mind would give it that amount of time. No manager wants to be going to a new club with only two weeks to get everybody prepped and ready for the season. So, yeah, I think I, I think there was definitely some falling out. There was definitely um, a path being laid out by a manager that was completely unsupported in other directions. And I think, you know, it's to the our own detriment that we, we let him go and that we didn't support him further than we did. I just, yeah, I just can't, doesn't really bear thinking about where we could have been had we given him another season and yeah players yeah. we might have kept hold of players that aren't playing now that we might have kept hold of you yeah, know mine. It's, it's sad to see a fellow ginger suffering that's all I can say absolutely um, yeah <laughs> I just um no I'm, I'm with you and like I think this is um this is probably what this podcast is going to be um for the rest of the season I think it probably is going to be a bit of group therapy because um it looks like we're uh we're heading to the third tier of English football, which is sad to say. But um, we did we did do a little poll last night on on the Twitter account, and we asked uh, asked you all the listeners how you wanted this podcast to, to go, and uh, whether you wanted it to be a normal pod, whether you wanted it to be um, a bit of fun, a bit silly, or just have a moan. And um, it was neck and neck, to be honest, between uh, moaning and being silly. So we're going to do a little bit of both today. So we, we've had a little bit of a moan. We're going to be silly later on um but let's talk about the game in question so it's the West Brom match so um we've touched on Carlos there that's going to be an interesting one 
But West Brom, they're ninth on the table on 51 points uh, and they're actually four points off the playoff places. Um, who's the team in sixth place? Oh, it's Norwich with a, another former Huddersfield Town manager. Um, who, we're, who we're playing next week. It's just yeah. like, uh, yeah, oh, Waggy's going to hurt more than Carlos, I think. <laughs> it's, like yeah. that, um, it's like that Simpsons meme where Maggie's looking at, um, she's about to get christened um, uh, and she looks at, you know, Homer and Bart and Lisa in the like, in in the swamp and then Flan- the Flanders family. Um, that's what it feels like as a town fan. We're Homer in the in the ditch. Um, but yeah, anyway, <laughs> nice Simpson reference for you there. What, how old's that? Like 20 years? So nice and topical reference for you there. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, West Brom, their last six games, they've won just twice. So you're like, mm, okay, you know, not playing a team at the best. Look to their home record. Um, they're the second best team in the league in the last 10 matches. They've won eight and they've lost just once, and that was to Sheffield United. Um, <laughs> yeah, Francine, I, 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 we touched on Carlos. Um, you know, you, this season hasn't been great. You know, we can talk about how bad town have been, um, but for anything we can grab, clutch at straws. Do you think they'll want to get one over on him, um, you know, given how he left? I know you said we don't. You know, we can't blame him for what's going on, but I feel like if you were a player, you'd be disappointed and you'd want to, if not get back at him, you'd want to prove, um, you know, that you still had something to offer. Do you th- Could you see that happening? I hope so. I'd like to think that they want to prove what they've got, prove what they can do, you know, um, rather than going in with revenge in their eyes necessarily. But, um, yeah, I... Yeah, I mean the home record's quite quite intimidating, but I think it is really interesting looking at their last six fixtures because we are actually I would their last six results. We're we're on a par with them results wise. They have apart from they have one win to one loss that we've had. But otherwise, same point. So I think um if we look at that and if the players are going into the game with that mentality, then we're all right. We've got a lot of injuries. They've also got a lot of injuries. It's a really, really rough part of the season. Um, that so they're they're not on their greatest form at the minute, whereas we're absolutely all over the place. So I think we could be the live wires that turn up, and we have a little bit of that fire because we want to prove to the old gaffer that we've got it all going on, and we're, you know, look what you could have had. <laughs> I hope that's what they're gonna do. Um, but yeah, I think it's of any time of the season now is probably the best time to be playing them. They're kind of at their most vulnerable at the minute. So uh, yeah, fingers crossed. I'm heading up, so I'm hoping that we're gonna show up, <laughs> do something good. Nice, nice. Will yeah. you? Um, well, Tom uh, said he would boo Carlos if uh, if he saw him. I'm assuming you would not boo Carlos. Uh, you're not going to boo him on Saturday. I'm not a, I'm not a booing kind of gal. Yeah. Really. Unless it's Leeds. And then I'll just boo straight over the road at him. But no, I'm not I'm not gonna I'm not gonna boo an ex manager. He did brilliant things for us. It just ended on a really sour note, but yeah. I wouldn't boo him. Fair. There you go. That's uh I feel like that's a thing to add to your Twitter, but but I'm not a booing gal. So <laughs> Good. Um, yeah, no, for me, I, 
not really sure how, how I see this one going. I think it could go either way. I was, um, you know, the game happened last night and not a lot to talk about, but um, I thought Vasilik made some really good saves and we, you know, we could have arguably been 3-0 down if he wasn't on form at half-time and we could have won it in yeah. the end. Um, it just felt a bit flat. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. I, there is part of me that thinks Warnock will want to prove something against Carlos, even weirdly, just because um, I feel like we talk about old fashioned old school managers and old fashioned managers, but I think Warnock would love to get one up on a on a like you know new young innovative manager. Um, you know, prove that. I, I think him. absolutely, yeah. I think you're right, and I think he's um, he's good at winding people up is one like it's one of the things that we love the most about him but I think that he's going to be really good at riling the players up ahead of this game and maybe just giving them sort of peppering it with a little bit of that vengeance that you were talking about earlier you know um yeah so I think I think from on the managerial side I think we've got a good person in place to be getting the players in the right frame of mind for this for this fixture but um but yeah, we're just so inconsistent at the minute that I just don't know. I just don't know what's going to happen. Mm. I remain I'd hopeful. Like, I like it. You, you're giving me a lot more hope than I uh, than I had coming into this recording. I've got to be honest. Um, oh, good. Maybe I should do the three game talk then. Just go in and. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just I mean, co co pilot with Neil. Yeah, I like it. I could see that happening. To be yeah. fair, I saw Ian Wright gave um, Arsenal women a bit of a any given Sunday speech, and uh, apparently they they really loved it. And you know they won against Chelsea in the Conti Cup. So who knows? Yeah. Maybe it's that time. <laughs> it's the it's the hype hype speech time. Um, but yeah, Tom. Anyway, he's not here, but he did speak to a West Brom fan before the game. Um, I'm sure he wanted to ask him a few questions about Carlos, but. Um, you're going to hear Tom's chat with the, with the West Brom podcast now and here's what they had to say. We've lost to a pub side. We've literally lost to a pub side. Hi, mate. Thanks for joining us on the podcast. Sir, how's your season going? To be honest, Albion season has been a bit of a roller coaster. We started off obviously under Steve Bruce and might surprise you to hear we weren't actually playing too badly, but we just couldn't win games whatsoever. I, I remember we battered Watford on you know the second or third game uh drew drew at middlesbrough battered blackburn away her uh, lost eventually i think the lost, lack of confidence started to seek in and those performances were getting worse but the results were also staying the same <laughs> well all getting worse and turning and becoming losses um you know steve bruce didn't help himself he picked a goalkeeper who um <sighs> I don't. I don't even know how to put his lack of ability into into words. He um, button fingers. I like to call him David Button, but yeah. And and eventually it all got toxic, and Steve Bruce had to go. And Carlos comes in and absolutely changes it. Implements philosophy, fitness. Um, just do, all he does stuff that you'd expect a manager to do, but Steve Bruce wasn't doing it. Um, and you know, it showed the, on paper the qualities there when Corbyn's managed to get a tune out of them, which is great. Um, also, from October to January, we're flying. Then, from the end of January, it's been a bit difficult. We lost Phillips to injury, Alex Palmer to injury, two big players in our revival. 
all Brighton and Chalabar, the two January signings, didn't really hit the ground running. Um, and we've just lost that bit of fluency and there's been a few um, mistakes from everyone involved, so players, manager, um, which is bound to happen at some point. <laughs> Do I think we'll get the playoffs? No, don't think we, did. Don't think we will. I think we'll miss out. Um, I just think... This is nothing, no blame of Corbrands. I mean, I know he's got us into the playoffs, but, um, you know, had he been in charge from the start of the season, I'm sure we'd be in there. I just think now there's teams that have given themselves a better platform and will manage to hold on. So you're looking at one guaranteed place for Middlesbrough, then Watford, uh, not Watford, Luton and Millwall. I think it's probably like a, a one-team shootout between Watford, Albion and Norwich, maybe. Um, so there's, there's a chance, but I've got a feeling Norwich might sneak in there, to be honest. Who's a standout player for you so far? Form players at the moment. Um, as uh, you know, if, I, if you answered this at the start of Jan- at the start of January or midway through, before this sort of little report on a form has snuck in, I could probably say any player on the park, and from the goalkeeper to the striker, really. Um, however, now we've we've, we've lost. Alex Palmer, who was incredible in goal. We've lost Thomas Asante. We've lost Matt Phillips. So some really important players there. I think you'd probably look to Jed Wallace and say um, he's a key player, although I don't think he's been at his best the last couple of games. Uh, probably most consistent player is probably Jokoslu. Um I just think he's a, he's a, he's a, just a linchpin in midfield. Um, rarely puts a foot wrong. I like John Swift. I really like John Swift. And I think his influence is growing on games. Hopefully that continues. Um, and Daryl DK is in really good form as well, three and three. So, good to see him um, carry carry that on on Saturday. And what's your score prediction against Town? My prediction for Saturday is one uh, 0 Huddersfield. I think it'll be a late goal from a set piece. I think we'll probably have about a hundred billion shots and not even put one on target, let alone score. And I think. Warnock will come back to the Hawthorns for one final time where he likes to wind us up and um, come away with the scrappiest of wins, the very scrappiest of wins. However, uh, I hope that's not true. Thank you. Bye. Okay, so Tom's had a catch up with them. What we'll do now is we'll take a break and then we'll come back and we'll do the mailbag. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Cosy, what, what's your favourite away day? Matt, it's got to be the city ground at Nottingham. Just old school stadium, you're right near the pitch, great atmosphere. But there's nothing like playing at home. Same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Okay. So, you know, I said earlier, uh, it was there was going to be a bit of silliness in this podcast. It's, it's the mailbag time. It's your questions that are going to bring it. So. 
You've got mail. First question is from Danny Smith. He asks, um, and I'm not sure if you've had these yet, Francine. I've I've not either. Um, Danny Smith asked the verdict on the roast potatoes offering in the ground. So I saw. Oh my god! You had them. I found I found one box. The mythical roast potatoes. Yeah, I found a box. Had them. Good. They were they were actually good. Yeah, you got loads. Decent portion. Um, yeah, they were good. They were good. Bit cold. But bit cold. Oh, okay. Bit cold. I didn't uh I didn't dare try the gravy because I can't have any gluten. I have to be on a very strict diet. But my okay. neighbours tried the gluten gluten gravy and they thought it was really delicious. So ten out of ten on the gravy from their friend. I'd give the potatoes a solid seven. Seven out of ten. Oh good. I'm pleased. I'm pleased because I've not had them yet. <laughs> I um I saw the I saw the I saw them on Footy Scram and I was like, I've never seen these in my life. And then yeah. at the um, at the Coventry game, I, I saw a sign offering them, so uh, I'll have to try them. But you know, it looks good. I just, um, to be honest, I thought they were a bit of a myth, too good to be true, but clearly not. Yeah, had them. I thought I thought they were the unicorn of snacks in the in the stand because I honestly I've asked a thousand times and it's become such a thing. Me and my friends going up to the bar and being potatoes. And I'm like, no, no. Like, right, okay. But then, yeah, this guy got them on Twitter and we were all like, oh, getting them out for him, are we? Posh potatoes and the brisket gravy. But, but yeah, no, Kill in the Bank supplied and it, it was good. It was worth it. Worth the wait. Well, I'm, I'm glad because I thought we were just going to, I'm glad someone's had them. So uh, I was not expecting that. That's good. That's good. I will be trying them <laughs> next uh, next game for sure. Um, okay, we'll we'll carry on with the silly questions. I did get a, I did get a proper one, boo. Um, but I will ask this. This from Alex. Uh, there seems to be a food theme this week. Actually, looking at all the questions. Um, but Alex asks, do you guys prefer strawberry or black currant jam? Um, I like black currant jam. Uh, I don't mind strawberry, but I think I'd probably go black currant. Um, but I don't have that much jam. Francine, what about you? Well, um. Do we mean like if you could only have one jam for the rest of your life, or which one that you think it's just which you prefer? Yeah, mm, I'm gonna go black currant as well. I like black mm. black currant, not blackberry. Black currant jam, Ribena flavored jam. That's what yep. I'm after. Perfect. Yeah, yeah, great. But it depends on the situation, you know. If you're having a scone, you might want to have a bit of straw. I wouldn't put black currant jam on a scone. Yeah. Uh, do you get funny about the cream scone situation, cream jam? I, I don't think it matters, does it? You're eating it. There's no I just think, Yeah, I just think for like um, like scientific purposes, it's easier to put jam. The jam sticks the cream to the scone. So I, that's the way that I would do it. I know that that's a very divisive comment for many people. But yeah, I just don't understand how logistically it works if you just dribble you have to have really runny dribbly jam if you're going to do it mm. otherwise and not how I like my jam <laughs> the important questions are getting answered tonight on this podcast yeah. um, don't yeah. say we don't look after you um <laughs> another food related one um this is from Mark Harrison he asks who would make the best souffle out of Jonathan Hogg and Matty Pearson um I think 
I think Jonathan Hogson, an experienced guy, has been around. He, he, he's been through very uh, a lot of managers, seen a lot of new styles. And um, what I would say, you know, doing this podcast and seeing Jonathan Hogg is you can never fully write him off. Um, I thought he wouldn't do well under Carlos, and he did pretty well. And um, he's had a bad couple of games, but I think you can never write him off. So I'm going to go Jonathan Hogg. I think he would make the best super play. He might get it wrong, but I think over time, he'd he surely slowly and surely improve and um, what about you Francine? 1000% Jonathan Hogg for multiple reasons he's got solid arms on him so he'd be really good at whisking and getting all of the air that you need to make a successful souffle I love that this is a question by the way yeah. um also he's like I just think he's so fixated on things as well that he'd, he'd make a hundred souffles until he made the perfect one so you know that he'll just keep going until he can present you with the perfect souffle Matty Pearson I think he'd just get a bit barred halfway through or he wouldn't like he wouldn't butter his ramekins thoroughly you know yeah. <laughs> something like yeah. that um so yeah no I think I think Jonathan Hogg it wouldn't surprise me if you like hear from him one day and he's like actually yeah I do I'm making incredible souffle yeah so, yeah no absolutely yeah and Stephen Chicken, if you are listening to this one, um, you know what your next co- question at the press conference is. Um, you can thank Mark for that one. Okay, speaking <laughs> of Hog, um, Bryony, uh, hi Bryony. Um, yeah, we'll have you back on the pod soon, I'm sure. But Bryony asks, who do you reckon wins in a fight? Uh, one hog-sized duck or ten duck-sized hogs? Um, yeah, I'll I'll let you go first. Actually, <laughs> giving me time to think because. Um, much to weigh up there right one hog-sized duck jonathan yeah. hog-sized duck or animal hog-sized duck one hog-sized duck so it's a duck the size of jonathan Hogg. jonathan hog isn't the tallest either actually as well um or 10 duck-sized hogs so mini hogs that is a phrase i'm gonna go for one Hog-sized duck, because that'd be like one very hench, sturdy duck. There'd be a lot of power in that duck. Yeah, ten small, think about the ten, wings yeah, ten well. smaller. Yeah, yeah, ten smaller ones. I think manageable. We could deal with that, but one big one, I'd be, I'd, I'd be concerned. <laughs> yeah, wouldn't want to come across that in a dark alley. I think you'd be terrified as well, because it is. It'd be so, like you're not. You wouldn't expect to see a duck that big. So I think that's no. it as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, absolutely. I'm I'm leaning towards ten duck-sized hogs because I think it's like death by a thousand cuts. Like Jonathan Hogg's he's a I won't mess with him. So you know, I know ducks aren't small either. They're like, you know, it's not like we're talking about mice here. So yeah. I think ten of them, you know, that, that's that's a scary fight. <laughs> if if I don't know how they're attacking me. Um, oh, oh, oh! Hang on, no, hang on. We're talking about this, aren't we? They're not talking about attacking me. We're talking about who wins in a fight out of them. Oh, against that, each other, yeah. Yeah, I, I think, I think the ten duck-sized hogs. I think, I think they're just they're committed. They're used to working in a team, following instructions. Um, you know, can get stuck in as well. Not afraid to yeah. to go in where it hurts. So, yeah, I, I think the minute, yeah, actually, ten duck-sized hogs. I think, yeah, I agree with you. Yeah, it would just be 
snapping all over the place, relentless. Yeah, yeah. I, I agree. But the one that I would least like to meet in person would be a uh, hog-sized duck. <laughs> <laughs> what if you go to the... Uh... What if you say the Hawthorne's just a giant dog? Like, it's at the other end of the stand, you know? It really wouldn't surprise me, the stuff I've seen in that ground. There's a man walking around dressed as a boiler, so why would a life-size duck weird me out? <laughs> my um, uh, my my girlfriend supports West Brom, and she's not into football, but the reason she does is because we were in a, a cafe, um, like, it was chucking it down before first going out. And she she picked West Brom purely for the boiler mascot. So right, yeah. I mean, it's fair enough. It's fair enough. It's a solid mascot. Um, yeah. it is. It's the best mascot. I mean, I do love Terry. <laughs> let's be honest. Yeah. And um, you know, we still not seen Tilly actually. We I think we talked about this on a previous episode, but don't know yeah. where she's gone. Yeah. No, we need. I think we need to start calling in some people to track down track down Tilly. Yeah. Get a Twitter. Twitter campaign going. It's been ages. I don't know where yeah. she's gone. Yeah. I don't know. But yeah, you know, club. We're putting out. We're putting out a call. Where's Tilly? Find Tilly. That's the that's the new hash, hashtag. Find Tilly. There we go. Hashtag find um, Tilly. Yeah. 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 Okay. Everything was going so well when Tilly was there. <laughs> you could. I'm imagining like the Charlie. It's always sunny. Like the you know the. Band red bands of string connecting everything yeah. and connecting yeah, to, yeah, it, yeah. to the lost form. Yeah, I like yeah. it. I like it. Maybe an athletic long read. Um, cool. <laughs> uh, so, last question. This was actually a serious one, which is from F. Phillips. Uh, they ask, which players can you see leaving us when we get relegated? Um, it's not. It's not done yet. It's not done yet. It's not official yet. Um, but to be honest, I don't. Loads of people leave when you get relegated. I can't. I think it would quite a few. Um, um I think I saw I saw today um Elliot Jackson, who's the uh, Rovers reporter, um, who you guys will have heard on the pod a couple of times. You know, he got quite a few questions about Sorba Thomas doing very well at Blackburn. Um, but there is no no clause to buy him, but I think they'd be interested given how he's started quite well there. So I think Sorba would go. I think Lee Nichols would unfortunately go. The only reason I could see him maybe staying if we're relegated is if, you know, he's not fit enough in time for the end of the August window. Um, that's the only way I could see it. I think, um, I think Jordan Rhodes would probably go. Danny Ward. Um, yeah, I don't know. Quite a few. I think Heli could be off. Um, mm-hmm. I can't. Quite a, yeah, I think it's more about who stays really. But um, yeah, Francine, yeah, who who, who would you see leaving? Uh, yeah, I completely agree. I think the majority of the sorry senior level players that we have would be off because it's such a difference, isn't it? Like getting relegated to the championship, you're still in it. You know, you're still there's the chance of getting into the playoffs. You know, building back up quickly. You know, playing top tier competitive football and the championship is still a ridiculously tough league it's still super competitive it's really exciting there's still plenty of money in it but as soon as you get to league one completely different world and it is such a rough league to get out of as well mm-hmm. like you look at the likes of Sheffield Wednesday dipping down and you're like oh yeah we'll see him again next season but you don't like it's re- it's so hard to get out of that so I think 
Oh, no, I, I'm I'm clinging on until we're told that mathematically we're down. I'm really clinging on to some kind of like hope to keep us up because it's not just it's not just the football that changes. It's everything around the club's infrastructure that changes at that point, and it's it's a really tough position for us to be in, especially when we've got an owner that's trying to sell the club at the minute. Mm. You know, buying League One clubs the finances are completely different to championship clubs and what position is that going to leave us in when that eventually happens? And yeah, it's, it's a real, I'm just a bit worried about the kind of overall safety of Huddersfield town in general, if we dip down. And I think that, you know, the players, we haven't given the players very much to stay for at the minute. You know, we've got a manager that's with us until the end of the season. Like, We'll probably we'll likely be in League One next season, even though I'm clinging on. Um, but what's that season going to look like? You know, it's not like we're stepping into League One and we've got um, this whole structure and this whole plan and mm. this whole future in front of us and in place. We've not got anything. We don't know who's going to be the owner. We don't know who's going to be the manager. We don't know who's going to be playing for us. It's just complete unknown. And um, if I was a player playing for town at the minute I'd want I'd want out at the end of the season I, I can't see especially the young players you know you don't necessarily see career prospects in that situation so why would you stick it out if you're given an option to go elsewhere for a bit no you're right and I can't and I think... see can't see Sarber coming back ever no no I think he's been um... with us I think yeah, thanks, Matt, for bringing for that. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, like, no, I'm, I'm with you. I think, um, yeah, I think a lot will leave. And you're right, it's, um, we don't want to talk about it, although it's looking likely, but yeah, everything changes. Like you say, it's not It's not like we've got a nice foundation to to bounce back in. Like, we don't know who the owner, the manager, the playing squad's going to be. It's, um, it's worrying times, I think. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I saw, again, people probably be like, oh, shut, shut up talking about Scott High. But, you know, Scott High got a lot of criticism against Coventry, which I thought was was unfair, um, you know. And to be honest, if the, those are the type of players who will stay, you know, like, so <laughs> Scott High, Jaheim Headley, like, if if a club doesn't come for them, you know, if they want regular football, they're the type of players who are going to have to, you know, get behind and back. And it, yeah. I don't know. It's it's easy to say, you know, we've got a lot of young, exciting players, but big clubs with bigger budgets are probably going to poach. You know, have a good chance of poaching them. But if they do stay, and we have a good core and like maybe a good manager, I saw. Um, interestingly, I saw Liam Richardson, the ex Wigan manager, was there last night, and tweeted about that. So, don't know. Uh, you know, I'm not. I don't. I'm not saying this is like I know anything. You know, or any background or any you know secret gossip, but. Um, Someone like that would would give me confidence, you know. Took over Wigan in a similar situation where they got relegated and like got them out of that league. So, um, yeah, like Liam, I'm assuming you didn't come to town for uh, to watch the good football we've been playing. So, um, you know, <laughs> if there is something in that, yeah, yeah. I, I'd be interested. Um, but yeah, yeah we're not playing think... it. To... Yeah, we just we just need to be offering offering the players something and I think consistency is something that they really need because they've not had it this entire season it's just been so shaky it's been all over the place 
Um, and so whatever, wherever we are next season, like if we want to retain players, we need to be offering them some kind of some kind of plan and just some kind of trustworthy figures that are going to be leading the way. Um, and yeah, just not sort of chopping and changing everything every couple of months. And yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, it's not great, is it? <laughs> like, it's it's a bit sad yeah, to talk about. Yeah, it's a bit all doom and gloom, but like, yeah, I'd be so fed up if I was a town player in a minute. Apart from the fact that Neil Warnock came back, which honestly made so many of my dreams come true. Him being the manager at my first ever game, first ever trip to Wembley, having him back, I love it. And I think if we, if we need anybody to just kind of like boost morale, and show people how to get through a really rough patch like this, then he's he's an amazing person to do it. But he's not going to be there next season. And I hope that the the chairman and his gang are spending this time like really lining up somebody solid that's going to be around for a bit because, yeah, we can't just keep going on as we have been going on. No, well said. I'd, um, to be honest, I'd, I'd take... I'd take relegation if it if it meant coming into next season we we have new ownership new ideas new new energy new you know just like you say I want someone there for the long term you know with town it's always been boom or bust mostly mostly bust <laughs> but like you know even when we do well it's just I mean we all talked about doing a Barnsley and how um, you know we were worried about that. I'd say we've done worse than Barnsley in many respects, you know, like, I, you know, like you say, three managers, four technically in one season, that's not the sign of a well-run club. And, you know, me and Tom keep saying on here, based on everything that's happened this season, we don't deserve to stay up. You know, of course I want us to stay up. And, you know, even though it looks bleaker and bleaker as the, week, the games go by, we're still not out of it technically. So, you know, it would be a, would be an absolute miracle if we do stay up. I think that would probably be one of Warnock's best ever achievements. And, you know, I think, to be honest, out of all the managers we've had this season, I think he's the one I'd back the most to do it. But, um, yeah, it's not looking good. <laughs> um, sorry, this was meant to be a really silly podcast. We, we're talking about jam and now uh, we're talking about what a jam the club is in. Um, but we'll we'll move on because uh, it's time for you're the boss. So, um the lineup against Bristol was four two three one. So Thomas Vaslick uh, returned into the nets, had a good game, uh, and then your back four was Pearson, Lee's, Hellick, and Ruffles. In the two, you had Hogg and Radoni, and then your three were Hungbo, Diara, and Jackson, and you had Danny Ward up front. Francine, if you were in charge on Saturday, well, we do know you're going to the Hawthorns, and given everything that's uh, happened to town this season. I'm not really out you being in charge on on Saturday. <laughs> um, but what would you do yeah, for this game? What changes would you make? Well, it's rough, isn't it? Because we've we just don't have that much available at the minute. I mean, is Rhodes injured? Is that why he wasn't playing in? Yeah, I think he's weekend? had a bit of an illness. I'm, it's kind of what I've just heard illness. I'm not really sure. It's a bit yeah, of a you never know illness. with illness. Yeah. yeah. And then High's got a double fracture in his wrist, hasn't he? So we're not playing High. So I mean, I'd probably, I'd probably just keep it as is. I mean, I don't think it's it's a terrible setup. And I mean, and again, I keep talking about consistency. So maybe going into this game, 
with the team that managed to hold a point is not a bad way to start against West Brom. But we need, we just need a bit of striking power and we need a bit of um, forward push. We just don't, we just don't have any sort of action in that area at the minute. There's no threat from our forwards, so I don't know how to turn Danny Ward up a bit, or I don't know if you know maybe starting Wagon and just letting Wadi chomp at the bit for a while, and then getting him on later on. Yeah, sorry, it's not the most inspired um, structure here, but. It's just tough, isn't it? Like we've got, just don't feel like we have mad amounts of options with the injuries that we've got. It's such a shame that Headley's out as well at the minute. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Could really do yeah, with him. I'm, I'm struggling too, to be honest. Um, I I think I'm probably with you. Like, yeah, just don't. Maybe we should have a bit of consistency. Um, I think when it is, you know, and again, a to be bleak, but when it is mathematically important when it's confirmed when we really are next to our name I would like to see the players who are more likely to stay so obviously Jackson mm-hmm. for me isn't a left winger he played left wing on you know last night but let's see him get some more like Tyree Simpson those type of players maybe just play them and get in some experience for next season so maybe give them a, a run out but again as subs I, I think I'm with you don't change a team that kept a clean sheet really um, yeah, and then just maybe if if it's nil nil with 60, 60 minutes gone, um, which is a big if <laughs> we're down at the moment this season. But um, yeah, if it is that case, maybe you just risk it. You know, knock out, missed out with a. I think it was a family issue. You know, if he's available for Saturday, someone yeah. for half an hour, I think who could you know maybe pop up with something. So yeah, it's hard definitely. to say. Yeah. yeah, it's 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 hard because they're just. You can just tell, like, the. I mean, you know, the commentary game for me, like, played all right, and then Hellick makes that mistake, and they just the confidence in the mall's just shot. So Yeah, that's really it. Hard it to... Yeah, it takes so little to rattle them at the minute as well. And it's, um, yeah, and I mean, I think um, Vaclick, is that how you say it? I've never said that out loud before, I've just realised. Vachlik? No, I think it's but I think it's ba- Matt told me off. Apparently, it's Vaslik, but I wanted Vaslik. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Okay, Vaslik. Um. Yeah, I think, I think he's doing. Uh, yeah, he he did really well, uh, this week. But I think I'm missing Nichols. I'm missing the kind of um, the absolute bollocking that he gives to the entire back line all the time. I think that that's been really helpful so if he was fit I'd love to see him get back in position there but yeah it's tough I mean we're just in a bit of a shaky state at the minute aren't we mm-hmm. yeah, really um, what, yeah. what would be a score prediction for this one then I I predict what I think it will be is 2-0 West Brom mm. but but we just don't know we've got no idea i yeah, I'd I'd love to come away with a point. I really, really would love to come away with a point. And it's not beyond the realms of possibility at all. But um I just think home turf for them. I think then yeah, I think they'll probably do is yeah. doom and gloom yeah. again. 
Um, I'm hoping, and again, because you're going to the game, like, you know, be a shame if you saw a defeat. I hope it's a bit like um, the, do you remember the game in lockdown against Swansea, the 4-1, where they're in really good form and we just happened to randomly win. I don't think anyone was expecting it. I'm going to yeah. say 4-1 town. I mean, I don't believe that. I think they'll beat us probably 3 <laughs> oh, now. But uh, yeah, I'm just going to say 4-1 town. Like someone's, I think Hungbo's just going to have like 10 minutes where he's just like, he's, you know, he's playing hero ball. It's just incredible. Um, oh, I hope you know, so. We'll just catch them cold, yeah. Yeah. Oh, I'd love that. I'd love that. And again, it's just one of those games, isn't it? Like, it it could. You don't know what kind of a mindset each one of the players is going to turn up with against this specific manager. And especially if they've had Neil Warnock in the changing room, like, getting into him about him. But, yeah, it, it could. It Yeah, we could welcome away with something. And I really hope we do. I'd love to see I'd love to see a scar, if I'm honest, for <laughs> the weekend. But yeah, um, yeah coming away, I mean, the three points, if we get three points at the weekend, then, you know, it, it's back on, isn't it? It is so, back on, uh, yeah. 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 All right, Maybe... let's see that then. 4-1, I'm in. Sold. 4-1. Nice, <laughs> nice. I've got us believing. I mean, it would be great, wouldn't it? I mean, even if... Um... Yeah, even if we lose the game, I, I'd love it. Even if we just like scored first, just just because yeah. give some yeah town fans something. Um, but yeah, we'll see. We'll see. I'll stop. I'll stop being miserable. Um, but before <laughs> we go, um, we normally do an amazing elbow or a Kwanis question. But um, with it being International Women's Day, and um, to be honest, you may have seen as we're recording tonight, but the Huddersfield Town. Women's players, um, you know, were tweeting about the club and its, its support for the team, uh, the men's team, I should say. So, just let us know. We will. We have seen that. We have contacted some of the players, and we'll we'll be, you know, watch the space basically about some stuff. But um, you may have seen as well um, that we've been doing a female fan survey. So that's still out, um, and it's it's going to close on the thirty first of March. So if you're a female fan and you know um, you go to the games or you know you're a town fan. Um, really appreciate that if you could uh, fill that in that's our pinned tweet on our Twitter account um, but Francie I wanted to I wanted to ask you um, just about your kind of experience as a as a female fan um, you know following following town in, in 2023 because um, you know the, we've not published the results of the survey yet but um, I was quite surprised that the, some of the comments we, we got about um, you know sex behaviour that people have witnessed or experienced and um, I just wanted to but you know at the same time I was also encouraged by people who you know didn't have to see that um, so I just wanted to say what, what's your experience been like as a, as a town fan? Um, I, well I've had I think I've had the whole breadth of experiences of being a woman and being a town fan I think um there's so many different situations that you find yourself in um, when you go to football games. So, you know, you go to your home games, you go to away games, but there's all of the bits and pieces in between that. There's the trains to and from, um, there's the pub before and after, you know, there's conversations with random people as you walk into the ground. There's a lot of different spaces where things can happen. And I think if we're if I'm talking about when I'm actually in the town ground and I'm sat in my seat in Kilner Bank that I've had for 
however many years, surrounded by these people that I've known for however many years, I'm I'm fine. You know, I'm not hearing sexist language. I'm not hearing abusive language towards me or any of the many, many other women of multiple generations that sit around me and that I've grown up around. Um, but I live in London and I get trains up and down to the games, um, mostly with a bunch of friends, but definitely with a lot of very drunk football fans from other clubs. And that's I've had multiple issues in those scenarios. I've had comments directed at me. I've had, and I mean, when I say comments directed at me, it's not necessarily really overtly sexist stuff. It can just be um, what is considered harassment. So harassment doesn't have to be, you know, someone grabbing you or something like that. It can be intimidation. It can be condescension. So, you know, it can be just somebody coming up to me and asking which one of the guys I'm with is my boyfriend and then trying to start a conversation there when I've just been sat happily chatting about how miserable the seal town situation is at the minute with all of my friends for the last hour or whatever. Oh, you know, I can spend 20 minutes chatting away with somebody about the ins and outs of this game that I've for some reason decided to dedicate so much of my life to just to be told that I know a lot for a woman at the end of it. You know, these are all sort of microaggressions that just build up and build up and make people not want to put themselves into those situations. It makes people not want to travel to and from games. And I've seen, um, again, I, I tend to travel with people when I go to these things, but I've seen people completely unrelated, women completely unrelated to football games, get onto trains and just be hounded by piles of drunken people just because she's present in their space and they think that because they've been stood in a stand shouting for the entire afternoon and drinking cheap lager that she's fair game and that they can just start going off on their own. Those situations as well are ones that I will not put up with, that none of my friends will put up with. So we'll step in, we'll try and help people. And then you're putting yourself into another space where you're at risk of getting um, abusive language thrown at you, abusive behavior thrown at you. So, yeah, so these are the bits that the club can't monitor, you know, and that they can't necessarily have stewards and actions in place to be able to help out with. And it's the same in the pubs before and after as well, you know. Um, so, yeah, so it's it's, it's tricky. I've, I've did, when you've been following the game for as long as I have, you know, which isn't that long, I've been 21 years old and that, but... Um, yeah, you you know, I've come across a lot of things. I've been in a lot of situations that have been really unpleasant. Um, but most of it happens outside of the ground. So it, it's difficult to, uh, yeah, have it monitored and to put actions in place to protect people. But, mm. yeah. And, um, I mean... Yeah. Sorry, I, I was I was just going to say, you know, not in, but uh, as someone you know who considers themselves an ally, and I'm I'm sure people listening, you know, it, it, they unfortunately have, have seen that stuff, you know, happen in situations. It's not so much of a case you need a a man to come and save you or anything like that. But I suppose as, as someone who who is an ally who wants to help in that situation, is there anything? you could suggest that that would make that you know better or you know 
again, it's not so much someone having to come in, you know, save the day because unfortunately you've had to deal with it on numerous occasions. But um, is there anything people could could do to to support to support women? Yeah, absolutely. There's a really easy thing that every single person that goes to football can do, and it's just keep an eye on your mates. And if your mates are being awful, tell them off. You know, just pull them out of the situation, take them somewhere else, and realize that you being a friend of that person makes you responsible for their behavior as they are responsible for their behavior. You can be the person in that situation that cools it down and that stops something horrible from happening. So, yeah, if your drunken mate is getting at someone, move them, take them away. Don't, you don't even have to speak to the victim in that situation. You don't have to try and make things better. Just shift your pal, you know, and give them a dressing down and a talking to however you are able to do that as their friend. But, yeah, it's not, it's not my job as a woman. It's not your job as someone traveling home from a football game to try and solve all of this. But it is our responsibility to keep an eye on the people that we know and the people that are around us and make sure that they're treating people respectfully and creating, you know, just maintaining safe ways for people to get to and from games and to experience the game. Um, and it's, and this isn't just, it is especially for women because so much happens in these spaces and there is a lot of um, attention that needs to be paid to make sure that these situations get better. Um, but it's all, it's the same for guys as well, you know, just being in those situations and riling each other up when it's, you know, we've seen awful things this week with fans fighting. So it's, you know, that whole situation in that whole space needs to be made so much safer for everybody. Um, but women, unfortunately, tend to be on the receiving end of most of it. So, yeah. But yeah, that would be my my one thing and I think it's all very well and good on International Women's Day that people are going online and they're like oh yeah celebrating these great women in my life it's like cool but how would you feel if they were getting a train home from the game and some guy was pushing them into a corner and screaming at them you know we shouldn't let anybody be getting into that situation so yeah let's just completely denormalize it and make it like the most horrific thing that somebody can possibly do um, so that people are really discouraged from doing it. Yeah, no, no, well said. And you know, to be honest, I saw quite a few National Women's Day posts, which was, um, I think there's that that meme of uh, David Brent saying, "How could I hate women? My mom's one." Um, also, there's other women who are inspirational that uh, that aren't your mom or your nan or anything like that. Um, but yeah, you, you're spot on. Like it's not. It's not about a day. And before we get the comments, well, what about International Men's Day? There's, it's in November. Don't be one of those people. Um, I'd like to think people who are like that don't listen to this podcast anyway. But um, yeah, well, no, that's that's great, Francine. Just just before we go, is there anything you'd you'd like to add? Um, you know about what we've talked about, or you know anything you'd like to say to to people who are listening? Yeah, maybe just another um another sort of action that people can take is just you know if you go to games with women just ask ask them what their experiences have been like and just ask how they are how they feel and if they feel like they can come to you if they have an issue or if they feel like they know where they can go if they have an issue at any point again not just at the game and at, at any point throughout their day um 
yeah, just start the conversation and make it feel normal and make it feel appropriate to ask questions because if you do that, then you're looking out for your mates and that's what we're all here to do at the end of the day. Um, so, yeah, I think just we just need to kind of make it a really normal conversation um, so that if, you know, if you're in the pub after a game and something's happened during the game, if you, for as an example, let's say I was at the game with some friends, someone shouted something at me. I don't want to then go to the pub after the game, try and raise it with my friends and then be like, oh, it's fine, it's just a bit of banter. It's not banter. Banter is not sexual harassment. So, um, yeah, just don't brush people's complaints and worries aside as banter when actually there's, there's quite a lot that leads up to that moment and there's a lot that needs unpacking. Um, so, yeah, talk to your friends. <clears throat> um, look out for your friends and tell them off if they're being dickheads. No, well said. I mean, football's for everyone. So, like, you know, I know they say that, but it's not my game, you know, as like a, as a white middle-class man, like, it's not my game. It's, it is for everyone. You know, that's what makes it great. So, you know, just just from, like, my my perspective, I'm sure Tom would be the same. Like, we want it, I, we want it to feel welcoming for everyone because that's what makes football so great. You know, that it is, it is for everyone. So, um, yeah, like you say, don't be a dick. We'll, we'll end it there. <laughs> um, <laughs> But yeah, no, thanks. Thank you, Francine. Thank you for talking about that. Um, and um, yeah, if that, if, you know, as I mentioned, we do have the the survey. So if, if anything did kind of um, come up or you, you heard anything, you know, I would encourage you to fill that in because the more kind of respondents we get, you know, the, the, the better a picture it paints of what, what it is, uh, is like to be a, a Huddersfield Town um, female fan. So that'd be great. So yeah, I think we'll, um, we've talked about it all today. We've talked about town being crap. We've talked about that. <laughs> we've talked about ducks, uh, the size of Jonathan Hogg. Um, hey, what can I say? That's what you get from this podcast. Um, so yeah, that, that'll do it. So f- thanks to Francine for coming. Thanks to you all for listening. Thanks to Magic Rock for sponsoring us as always. Don't forget you can get 10% off. Lads, what's your favourite 90th minute goal? Got to be Heffley against Leeds. A shot from Moy and sliding in at the death, Michael Heffley. Great finish to the game. Shared with my family, only made better by ordering McDonald's via muck delivery afterwards. Three points, nut nugget share box, spot on. Order muck delivery now by the McDonald's app. You in. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Off all online orders with the code AHTTC10. Um, so yeah, use it or lose it. And uh, Tom and I will be back to preview the next game. So, uh, oh, David Wagner. Oh, we'll be talking about him a lot, I imagine. Um, but to Tar for now and up the town. So, town play up. Bring the car back to Huddersfield.